Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius Hadiomi. We are going through the Gospel of Luke. We are now in chapter 12. I go verse by verse and then comment as the Lord leads. Verse, chapter 12 of Luke, verse 1. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, in so much that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For well, there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. That is, though be, 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 what do you call it? We say be transparent, because whatever you think you say secretly, God will expose it. God is going to expose every person. They say that they did this thing secretly, and nobody knew about it. If you are following the Lord, God will expose it. If it is evil thing that you are doing secretly, God will expose it and you will be ashamed. So that's why Christ is giving us warning. So whatever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which you have spoken in the ear in closet shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. God, God doesn't want us to be secret and doing something evil. He wants you to be open, transparent, so that they see what they see is what they get. Verse 4. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him, which after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. That is, fear God that can cast the soul and spirit into hell and lake of fire. That's what we should fear. If you are going to fear God, you don't be afraid of man or whatever the human beings can do to you. Tell the truth in love. Tell the truth, stand for Jesus, don't be afraid to lay down your life for Christ because you have a better hope that you are going to be resurrected by Christ. You stand for Jesus, you will be one of them that will be resurrected when Christ shall come, the dead in Christ shall rise forth. To live on this planet again for a thousand years, first and then eternity. But if you are afraid of man, then you will be doing what they want to do to deny God. No, so fear them not, but fear God that can cast into a lake of fire. Verse 6, are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God. So that's telling us that God is watching over you and me. Verse 7 says, but even the very ears of your head are all numbered. That is, God take record of even the ears on our head that so many, and if you lose what look like as if you are losing your hair, you are losing your hair, God knows about it. Fear not, therefore, for a year of more value than many sparrows. Even the sparrows, they are just sold for, they fell down, you sold them for a penny. Even if you get, if you need to sell them at all. But if God doesn't care for those sparrows, how much more we human beings, that's what Christ is saying. Verse 8. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denied me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. Now, take note of those Bible verses. 
The Lord is saying, if you confess him before men, like we believers, you stand for Jesus, confess Christ, you are not ashamed, they want to persecute you, but stand. When the angels want to defend you, that's when he says, confess you before, before the angels, because the angels defend us as children. But if you are denying Christ, you are ashamed of the gospel, you are among your colleagues they are talking about against Christians, you hide as if you are not one of them. And somebody asks you, say, no, you don't believe like them. Then you are denying Christ. When you are now crying to God for something and the angels want to defend you, you say, no, I don't know this one. He does not, he denied me. So that's what it means by he denying before the angels. Angels fought, they fight for us. They drive the enemies away from us. But if they are trying to act on your behalf, to act on your behalf for your prayer you are praying, the Lord says, I don't know this one, means that the angels should not act. But if when, he, when he say, I know this is my son, then they will fight for you. That's why they will confess before the angels, if you are also confessing him. Remember that. Verse 9, that says, He that denied me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. Verse 10, And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. And to him that blasphemed against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. Now, what... What does that mean? People assume by does that mean uh, the Son of Man is less? No, he's talking about this. He came as a human being and they were calling him Bezebo, he said, Forgive him. Now he's going to send the Holy Ghost through the apostles that are human beings like us, through the disciples that are human beings like us. When we are now preaching the gospel by the power of the Holy Ghost, you know, if they now blaspheme and say, No, that's not the Holy God of God, Holy Spirit of God, and they are saying we are using the power of the devil, they, then they will not be forgiven. But you know this man, he was raised with you. And you get the Holy Ghost and he's doing this and wonder now you are saying it's not the it's not God, it's the devil. Say God will not allow you know, we'll be we'll be judging them for that instead of he judging them for calling him who is from heaven, calling him names. Verse 11. And when they bring you into the synagogues and unto magistrates, this is addressed to the disciples now, and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer, or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. That is useful when you are going to be persecuting your and people arrest people, the believers. You don't try to pray, but they are going to talk to, they are going to take you to the full court about your decision. You say, John, you try to think of your sermon to preach, no, Holy Ghost will just speak to your mouth. That doesn't mean that when the Holy Ghost speaks to your mouth, that they, they won't be mad, they will be mad. They can be mad at you. Look at what happened to in Acts of the Apostles Stephen, the first matter. The Holy Ghost was speaking through his mouth, and the Holy Ghost called those elders of the Jews as stiff naked, and they got mad. So they, they killed him for that, but see, the, the Holy Ghost was the one that was talking. Verse 13. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. So that's a, a, a point. Somebody was standing in the crowd. All that he's hearing is just how he can get this uh, rabbi to talk to his brothers for his own share of the of the father of their father's inheritance. So everything he has been preached is not good. He's just looking for opportunity to ask for help for himself. Sometimes people are in the church also. They are hearing the sermon. They are hearing the gospel, or their mind is in other things. They are not listening to the preacher. Their mind is in other things. Maybe what they are going to how they are going to do their business tomorrow. How they are going to make better pay. What you, so they, that may take their mind away from what is being preached. So you can see the Lord was preaching so many things, but this man was only waiting for the right opportunity to, to ask for his own need. So the Lord, he said, Master, speak to my brother. His brother, perhaps, is also in the crowd to divide the inheritance with me. 
<laughs> and the Lord said, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? That was the first response the Lord gave. Now in verse 15, he's not just talking to that man, he's talking to even his brother that was in the crowd. So now, the Lord said, don't know how the brother will handle this. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. What is covetousness? Greediness. Where you are grabbing everything for yourself. You're only thinking about yourself, not the other person. Where you can say this man that is asking Jesus Christ to, to ask his brother to divide the share, he's also thinking about himself. And also, well, that's also covetousness. But see, this brother also that is there that is listening, we also see where he himself he may be wrong. Covetousness, greediness, that I'm not going to share with anybody. I'm the firstborn and I own everything. And that's what the man was complaining about. That Tell him to share with me. And Christ said, well, I'm not the judge I'm between you, but now he's telling everybody that beware of covetousness. So the brother also will hear that. If you want to follow the Messiah, you better don't be covetous. If you're not covetous, you think of the other person also. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. That is for both the man that is asking and for the brother that is trying to hold on to everything. So the man's life does, does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses. Verse 16. And he speak a Bible unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Now, the Lord used parables of that to answer the questions, to answer their questions. So there's another parable that's still addressing this covetousness, the greediness, thinking of themselves alone, not talking about the other person. And he said this parable, I said, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And you know, he said that this, your life does not consist of the abundance of the things you have. So that's why he's throwing in this parable. And this man that has is, is a rich man that brought forth, his ground brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have so no room here to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to myself, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That's what the parable. If this man is thinking about himself, not thinking about God, that's why in the book of James, James was saying, don't say tomorrow we do this and do that and do that and not putting God in the equation. So you have to say, if God wills, we will live and then do this and do that. And the Lord is talking about this man that is, is going to bring forth plentifully and say, I'm just going to save it up and then rest. And say, for years I'm not going to do anything anymore. And the Lord said, well, if your soul is quiet of you tonight, who is going to own everything that is just thought of? So that's why he said, don't be thinking of this life alone. Make sure you acknowledge God in all your ways, is the summary of this. He said, you lay a top treasure for yourself and not reach toward God. Be rich toward God. Give to, this, to, the, to the work of the Lord. Give to the, to, the, to the poor. He said, you are learning to the Lord. And all those things, you are thinking of God's and God's kingdom first, and you are providing for the God's kingdom, then you are doing things for God. He said, then God will keep you here because he knows that you are very helpful to his kingdom, to his cause. He said that, don't lay up treasure for yourself or not, and you are not rich toward God. Verse 22. 
We are reading Luke chapter 12, we're now in verse 22. And he said unto his disciples, Be therefore, I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, neither for the body, what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If he then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon, as King Solomon, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which he is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? God is telling us not to be over-anxious about life. Just serve the Lord and the Lord will take care of many things. Somebody I should only need to work. Oh, you need to work. God is going to lead you to get the good job that will be provided for you. So that's part of it. But you say, anxiety is what you are talking about, anxious. Oh, that the things are not working your way. You are can't even pray. You are, you are panicking. That is the anxiety that is addressing him. That Why take it off for the rest? That is, don't... The taking thought is the anxiety that comes upon men when they are panicking about what they are going to wear, how they are going to get funding for this, funding for that. Verse 29. And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Lord is saying we should seek the kingdom of God first, and the Bible says in another place, and this righteousness, and the way the kingdom of God operates, and how we should operate to please God. That is the kingdom of God. He said, when you are seeking the kingdom of God first, there are all these other need. Oh, what will I hear? What will I what, what, eat? What will I drink? That is your daily need. God will add them to you, not taking away from you, add it to you. But if you seek God first, if you are seeking that one first, you may get it, but you will be missing on the kingdom of God. Also. Verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now he's talking about the kingdom of God. We are maybe little flock, a little group here, a little believing Christ. So don't be afraid. It's our Father's good plan to give us the kingdom of God we are talking about that is coming to take over the world in the end. Verse 33. Sell that ye have and give arms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approaches, neither most corrupted. But where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Our treasure, where are you putting your money, investment? If your mind is on things above, you'll be investing in the kingdom of God and also in the gospel. If your mind is only on things of the earth, you're only stockpiling it for yourself, how to make, and you're not thinking of where you're going after here, if you die. So where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse 35. Let your lines be guarded about and your lives burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, 
that when he comes and monkeys, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find washing. Very nice unto you that he shall guard himself and make them to sit down to meet and will comfort and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief will come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Now this series of teachings was talking about his second coming. It's like somebody that's watching for his, his Lord that is coming from a wedding, they do wedding in the evening, maybe like seven, eight, nine, it's getting too late. Like they want to wait until their boss comes before they go and sleep. So you should be like that. Servant. If you are, if you don't have to knock, 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 you see the servants are already fast asleep, and the man, the Lord of the house, is going to be upset. They say that if you are a faithful servant, you'll be washing. Keep yourself awake until the master comes. Then immediately knock, we are all there, open. But you could have heard his steps. Oh, it's, it must be the master. And then you knock, you just open, and oh, they say, well, good, good servants. Man doesn't have to stay in the dark, knocking and knocking and knocking. So that's the example that the Lord used to say, we should be like that, to be therefore ready also. The Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think that we must be ready, always ready for his coming. Verse 41, Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speak thou this parable unto us, or even to all, is it just to we, because he's talking about servants. And he's talking about everybody or we that you have chosen to be apostles. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. In short, he said, I'm talking about both to you servants and also to everybody, because you are the one that are going to be dishing out food for the rest of the people. So you also be peaceful as a, as a wise steward. Verse 44 says, And of the truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. And if you are doing that faithfully, when the master comes, he will make you to be ruler over everything. Also. But if that servant say in his heart, Oh, my Lord, delay is coming, and shall begin to beat the men's servants and maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, Neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that know not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. Unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him they will ask the more. Well, these are points about God has given you, you have grown, spiritually grown to the level of maturity. Then if you do something that you know will be required to be punished, then you will be punished more severely. But those little babes that are just babes in Christ, they can do similar things that need to be punished, then they will just be punished a little. Why? Because they do not know. But those that know, it will be very tough for them if they do something that they shouldn't do. Think of example, I give that example when we are talking about the story of Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist. He was a priest and he was old, of course, but he knew about all the, all, the, all the stories in the Bible about Abraham being so many hundred years and God still gave me a miracle and the father of Samson, 
You know all those stories, but when he came to his own tongue, he was asking for how do I know that I'm already old? They just said, okay, well, make you dumb. That was like a punishment. But he was dumb for nine months until the baby was born, and the day they are naming the baby, that was when his, his mouth opened. So that is to him that much, is, to him that know much, it will be required more. You have more faith than that. Verse 49, I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I, if it be already kind of, that I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightening till it be accomplished? So the Lord was saying, He was waiting till that crucifixion before He can really do much. Because He said, I am come to send fire on the earth. But He said, But what will I, if it be already kind of, I wish it already kind of, but He said, I have a baptism to be baptized with. That baptism is talking about is the crucifixion. He has to go to the crucifixion and then. The fire he's talking about is the preaching of the gospel that is going to send the apostles and disciples to go worldwide and be preaching, which is like fire. Going wild like a wildfire where everybody's jumping into the kingdom of God as they're hearing the gospel and believing. Verse 51. Suppose it that I am come to give peace on earth, I tell you nay, but rather division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son. And the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Now, how will that happen? Is because when the light of gospel of God comes to a family, and one man receives, but because Satan has already been ruling all the families of the world, Satan will be upset and will put persecution and resist and oppose it. But see, if you hang in there, there will be some. Two against three first, but very soon in the end, you may be able to win your family member. Like Christ said, there will be like, like a division between the husband, the father, and the son, the, the daughter against the mother-in-law and the husband. Because the light comes, darkness will resist it or run away. If darkness will run away, you resist the light, there will be some confrontation. Daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. There are several testimonies of that where people, in the, even in the Arab land, they give their life to Christ. And then the appearance wanted to kill him. That's the vision also. Verse 54. And he said to the people, When ye see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway ye say, There cometh a shower. And so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, There will be heat, and it cometh to pass. Ye hypocrites, ye can design the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that ye do not design this time? What time? The time that they are in. Because his presence. The presence of John the Baptist and his presence is like a sign to them that something is coming, something new is coming, something new is coming. That's why I say you cannot discern that. The kingdom of God is about to, to start right here. Yeah. And why even of yourselves judge ye you not that which is right? When thou goest with thy adversary to the magistrate, as thou art in the way, give diligence that thou mayest be delivered from him, lest he hail thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer. And the officer cast thee into prison. I tell thou shalt not depart thence till thou hast paid the very last mind. Now that's like another parable, but it's talking using the Lord was using the things that go on in the world to describe what is going on. When you are going to somebody's dragging you to court, you better try to, to try to settle it off out of the court right now. Settle it out of court. If you know you are guilty, you just quickly settle it with the man. If you don't settle it out of court, 
you deliver it to the judge, the judge is going to put you in, in, in jail, and the, to the officer, officer is going to put you in jail, and they won't let you go until you pay the last, if the man says you owe him money and you are guilty, they, will, they won't let you go until you pay the last mite of it. But if you can sell it right now before you get to court, you may be able to negotiate with the man and say, I'll pay you this much every month and I'll pay you back. And then they will be, the man can let you go. That's what the Lord said. And why is the Lord using that here? He's trying to make them to see that we, the kingdom of God is about to start. Everyone that is not accepting the kingdom of God is going to be in trouble. But they are going down their way to hell. But if you accept the kingdom of God right now, you have a better chance. Because you are now standing before the judge. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself is the judge. But you negotiate right now by giving your life to Christ. And you are you're better off. Now that is the end of chapter, chapter 12. And I pray that the Lord will lead us in the next chapter. We are going to chapter 13 next time. God bless you.